Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Today, we are talking about introversion and extroversion at work. And we're joined by a guest, Ferris Khalife, who is a coach of introverts who teaches them to embrace how they are and leverage their natural strengths. He focuses on helping individuals uncover their authentic self to capitalize on their natural traits and thrive in their professional and personal life. His approach explores personality type, values, key strengths, and life purpose to create action plans that help his clients achieve their goals. Additionally, Ferris teaches business, leadership, and personal development courses at various colleges, runs multiple mastermind groups, leadership roundtables, and facilitates corporate training and seminars. He's the founder of the Vancouver Quiet Leadership Community, where he hosts monthly events to support quiet leaders and entrepreneurs. Before becoming a coach, Ferris was in the corporate world in marketing and business development roles, serving different clients ranging from startups to Fortune 500 companies. He joins us from Vancouver, BC. Ferris, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for inviting me. We're so excited Our that you're pleasure. here too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've given us a little overview or Mike has given us a little overview of your career so far, but tell us a little bit about your career journey and what brought you to where you are today. Hmm. I, I'll start when I... I'll start with uh, how I started with my career. So I started my career in advertising, first actually in media, and then I moved to advertising. I did that for many years and marketing and then branded content. that all falls under, I guess, the communication umbrella. I did that for almost 14 years. And um, I was working with Fortune 500 uh, clients and all that. I was climbing the corporate ladder and uh, at some point, I realized I'm, I'm unhappy and unfulfilled. And I know it sounds a bit cliche, but that's what happened. I was maybe unconsciously just going through that treadmill and wanting the next promotion, the next promotion. Then when I got, I guess, uh, one of the promotions that I thought I would be happy to have, the communication director for a big agency, I realized, uh, yeah, I'm not happy. So I wanted to explore why I wasn't feeling happy and what's going on. So when I went through, to, to make the story short, I went through self-exploration and um, tried to understand what's happening. And then one day I was sitting in my living room and I looked at uh, my bookcase and I realized I have like around 1,000 books all on self-development, self-growth, um, mm -hmm. coaching, uh, all that stuff. And I knew I was passionate about this topic since I was a teenager, actually. Uh, I started looking into these books when I was 12 years old, but I never thought of pursuing it as a career. But that moment, uh, I don't know, it was a big aha moment for me. Uh, all right, why don't I go into that field uh, professionally? Um, so that's when I decided to quit the corporate world and become a coach. That was seven years ago. Hmm. Hidden in plain sight were all of the answers you were looking for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So the topic of introversion and extroversion is something that is really interesting because on the surface, people think they know what introversion and extroversion is, but it goes a lot deeper. So can you give us a little overview of what introversion and extroversion really is? Yes. And like you said, uh, especially maybe because I focus on this topic. So it's a it's a conversation I have with people almost every day. And 90% of the time, people don't understand what it means. Um, so yeah, it's uh, important, like you said. So if you want to boil it down, just go to the core of it and simplify it. Uh, it's all about where, it's not all, but yeah, it's where you gain and lose energy. 
So for example, extroverts, they recharge and gain energy when they're around stimulating environments, um, which includes people. And introverts, uh, we recharge uh, when we are, are away from stimulation, whatever stimulate the five senses, including people. So that's the key difference, where we gain and lose energy. That makes a lot of sense. And so it's not just outgoing or shy. It's, there's a lot that kind of goes into that. Exactly. And that's the biggest misconception. Uh, people automatically think introvert equals shy. And there are shy introverts and there are shy extroverts. But an introvert doesn't mean a shy person. Um, shyness and introversion are different. So with uh, shyness... It's mainly fear, fear of social situations, fear of humiliation. So it's based from fear. And introversion is about uh, where it's a preference and how much stimulation are we, we prefer to be exposed to or not. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That is a really interesting point that I did not have any understanding of. When you talk about how all five senses come into play when it comes to introversion and extroversion because while I feel like I might have some extroverted tendencies I have been wondering for a long time why I love the peace and quiet of the morning generally speaking a lack of major noise and Mm -hmm. just tranquility in the environment around me and I've been trying to figure that out and maybe there's something there and something for our dear listener as well. It's, uh, it's in our biology and uh, the way we um, react to st- stimulus is very different. Uh, even like if you, I've seen like a brain scan in, in a book called The Introvert Advantage and the difference between the two brains and the brain and the wiring uh, of both are different. Uh, and the way we, um, we uh, what's the word? react to dopamine it's also different so mm-hmm. it is layered it's complicated it's not as simple as saying introvert expert there's a lot into it mm-hmm. cool so mike you brought up kind of a, an interesting question around like how do we know if we're introverted or extroverted and i know that there's a bit of a scale so can you talk to us a little bit about that yeah that's an important piece the scale um it's not black or white it's a spectrum and it depends where you fall on the spectrum so yeah, and uh, the way to, in order to find out, there's two ways of doing that. Uh, paying attention, maybe being conscious of where you gain and lose energy throughout the day and throughout the week. Uh, and when you have that self-awareness, um, you, start, you will know where you fall on that spectrum. But if you want to do it more scientifically, you can maybe do an assessment test. Uh, the famous one is Meyer-Briggs. And it gives you, probably, the, not probably, it gives you the percentage where you fall on that spectrum. But more or less people usually, they're somewhere in the middle, like not right in the middle, but uh, either a bit to the right for introversion or a bit to the left for the extroversion. So somewhere there, most of the uh, most people. So it's not extreme. And Carl Jung mentioned that. He said there's no, there's no such thing as an extreme introvert or extreme extrovert. And he said such a person would be in a lunatic asylum. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> we, we fluctuate uh, there. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm definitely on the introverted side, but I have often called myself an extroverted introvert because I do love people and gathering with people and, but only for certain periods of time. So uh, Mm. definitely on that scale. I'm like you. What I find, I find it sometimes challenging because they're almost, uh, for me at least, uh, contradicting because I want my peace time and quiet time to recharge 
but I love socializing and being with people. And I, con I'm a, I consider myself a connector and I coach and I do all the stuff that's around people. So yeah, I find it sometimes difficult uh, to, to mix both. But now uh, with practice and experience and having the tools, I know how to do it. Um, so the way I do it is just I schedule um, solitude time throughout the day on my calendar. And I don't book meetings back to back. I don't do things back to back. So that buffer, either half an hour or 15 minutes uh, between sessions uh, can make, make a huge difference to me. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah. So a question for you around, so where you fall on the spectrum, can your placement on that change or evolve over time or throughout the course of your life? Yeah, great question. Um, there's many studies on this topic. Um, one that I resonate with, it's a mix between nature and nurture. So some studies say we are born either introverts and extroverts. It's in our, yeah, like I said, nervous system and it's uh, since we are born. However, sometimes that could be affected uh, through the environment we're in. So let's say someone is born introverted and then the environment, uh, the upbringing, the parents, school, everyone around that person encourage ex uh, being an expert, maybe unconsciously. And um, <laughs> oh. I'm pointing oh, at myself you. <laughs> as you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> you're describing me right now. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm describing myself too. And usually introverts, uh, that's what happens um, because society encourage more of the extroverted personality type without, without them really knowing what it means. So it just automatically um, people think that's better to be an extrovert. And uh, so, so that's where nurture is. So if you're around that environment, you are encouraged to be expert, you might become more extroverted. Uh, but if you want to go deep to the core of who you are, it's either this or that. But um, there's factors to influence that. Okay, cool. What would you say are some of the common professional strengths of an introvert versus an extrovert? Hmm. So for introverts, um, both, both uh, actually personality types. When they, extroverts, they have their, their traits and of course an introverts too. And the natural traits, sorry. So the ones that come naturally to them I personally would highlight, uh, encourage to uh, focus on them. So let's say for introverts, we are generally speaking, great listeners, maybe because we are quieter, so we listen more and very active in the listening. So that's a, a strength. It's, and at work, it is definitely a strength. Your depend depends on what field you are in, but in general, listening and understanding your colleagues, your your clients, everyone uh, around you and have that kind of uh, empathy uh, really helps. So that's a huge strength. Another one for introverts, um, usually we're better in writing and that's maybe because we, it gives us time to reflect and think about what we want to say, which takes me to the counter piece of that. We're not good at being put on the spot. So if someone, let's say, asks us a question that we haven't explored before, maybe we'll struggle to answer it because we need to reflect and think about it. And it also shows in the brain diagrams that I was referring to. Um, it takes a longer pathway to process the information. So that's why we need some time. So with writing, you know, you're, uh, you're sitting by yourself, you can reflect, edit, and do all that stuff. If I want to like take it to the other part, so the extroverts are 
their strength is the opposite. They're good, to, uh, good thinking on their feet. So they're good at that because they think out loud, they process out loud. So that could be a strength for people, seeing uh, someone knowing what to say at any time. Um, for extroverts being um, energized by being around stimulation, that could be a strength because it can be perceived as that person is upbeat, chatty, social, uh, especially in a maybe corporate environment, they might like that more. So for each, there's strengths and weaknesses, of course. And if one of them is overdone, can be the strength can be a weakness too. So let's say mm-hmm. being chatty or thinking on your feet and just talking, you could also get in trouble because you're not really thinking and just saying things. And for introverts, for example, um, taking longer to, uh, to reflect and give an answer could be, if went to the extreme, like taking a lot of time, could be uh, viewed as, for example, negative. So, d- so it depends how you use it and when you use it and what do you capitalize on. Continuing on the strength, so for extroverts, they, for example, they work better in groups. So brainstorming works for them and usually companies appreciate that and they want the group work. Uh, it could be a disadvantage for um, introverts. But at the same time, that also could be a challenge because extroverts, they rely on that group work and mm-hmm. sometimes they feel uncomfortable doing things on their own. They're also, they might be uncomfortable with the solitude. It Actually, solitude can drain them after uh, a period of time, the opposite of ex- uh, introverts. So yeah, uh, these That's- highlight of the strengths and weaknesses. Cool. That's a big one that I think a lot of people maybe haven't realized happening with COVID right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you're now working from home and you're used to gathering with people and you're an extrovert, this is probably a pretty difficult time for you being by yourself and not being able to get that energy from your coworkers. I agree. And I noticed that um, from my friends and clients, uh, and that also for me reconfirmed who's the introvert and who's the extrovert. The ones that really struggle being alone, yeah, are the extroverts. And many introverts I speak to, including myself, um, this time, the the COVID time, for many people that didn't lose their jobs or anything, having that quiet and less socializing was was good. (laughs) Recharging. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so um, now Ferris and I actually know each other from our work with SV Academy, which is a sales development program. And there were some common misconceptions about introversion and extroversion that came up through that work, particularly that the common misconception or myth is that introverts can't be good at sales. Mm. So could you talk, talk to us a little bit more about some of the other misconceptions that might come up at work? Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking this question. And um, so the first one, speaking of sales, that's the, a big one. People usually think that introverts are not, not good at sales, which is, uh, could be the, the opposite. Introverts can be great at sales. And the reason for that, for the traits that I mentioned before, including the active listening and empathy, putting ourselves in the client's shoes and understand um, uh, listening and understanding their needs and wants and what their, what's their pain point, and after understanding the client really well, then offering the service that's personalized to that uh, person. So many introverts are very successful in sales positions because of that, because of the listening skills and, and other uh, skills or traits such as introspection. People might see what's introspection, uh, what's the link to that, but 
having your quiet time, it's an opportunity for uh, self-growth and reflecting on what worked, what didn't work. So if something didn't work, how can I improve it next time? So introspection usually is a catalyst to innovation and, uh, and the growth mindset as well. I'm not saying extroverts don't have that, but if that's a natural thing for us to reflect, uh, it has its benefit. Also, our calm demeanor uh, as, an, as introverts. Introverts, we tend to be, as probably you've seen, like, I don't know, it shows from the outside, we're, we seem calm. But doesn't mean we're calm on the inside. Uh, I don't know if you relate to that, Lisa, where you're <laughs> introvert too. Like, my mind is uh, working all the time and maybe overthinking, but from the outside, at least, it doesn't seem so. So that could be an advantage when working with clients, um, they see the introvert as, you know, quiet, calm, especially in situations where there's chaos at work and deadlines and all that stuff. So we, that's uh, another advantage. Um, I diverted a bit. We're not talking about advantage. So yeah, uh, the, the misconception is sales. So that's untrue. And there's so many studies online uh, that reconfirms that where they did the research, they observed introvert salespeople and extrovert salespeople to see who's better and the results were equal. So it didn't matter if the person is introvert or extrovert. It's, mm. It has nothing to do with percentage type. You can do sales as an introvert. You can do uh, sales as an extrovert. And same applies for other stuff like... Um, Networking. People, again, think networking is for extroverts, but introverts are great at networking, but different kind of networking. Maybe one person at a time, smaller groups, they go deeper, so they maybe have less people, but uh, deeper relationships. Uh, leadership, another misconception that introverts can be great leaders. However, again, research shows uh, they can. So in, in a nutshell, um, both introverts, extroverts can be great at all these things, but we do it differently. So it's not like one personality is better than the other. That's great. Very cool. How can having a greater understanding or self-awareness of your own personality benefit you as you go through your professional life? It's huge for me. Um, like for me personally, when I discovered, <laughs> it's funny when I say discovered, okay, when I realized I'm an introvert, which is not long time ago, probably eight years ago. So imagine all my life, I didn't know if I was an introvert expert. So when I found out, it all clicked. And even that part when I mentioned earlier that after do, working in the corporate world for 14 years, I realized I wasn't fulfilled and unhappy. And I told you that I um, switched careers. But if I want to like go deeper into that, I didn't want to share like the full story. But big part of that was understanding myself. I realized, all right, I was an introvert working in an extroverted environment all this time in a corporate setting, fast-paced, uh, meeting after meeting, no time to take breaks and all that stuff. But of course, if I knew, I could have found a way to make it work. I'm not saying people, introverts that work in the corporate world can't excel. They can if they understand themselves well and have some time uh, for self-care and recharging themselves sitting in an environment that helps them physically, like in an office, quiet place. Let's say they don't have a quiet place. They can put noise-canceling headphones. So there's uh, many ways you can make it work. But not knowing where you fall on that spectrum, you might just go with the flow and start not capitalizing on your strength and trying to be someone you're not. So let's say trying to be an extrovert, but you're not good at being an extrovert because you're not. And So yeah, it's not effective or efficient and could lead to burnout because it relates back to the self-care and recharge. If you're not recharging yourself um, by time, it could lead to burnout. And you might not even realize why you're burning out. 
exactly. Like in my case, I didn't know, and I didn't know why I was feeling tired most of the time. I didn't know all these things, and um, but when I found out, then yeah, it all made sense. So, and like, I'm just I use myself as an example, but when I work with other people, they realize the same thing, and then things really shift for them at work, because now they're being authentic, they're being themselves, they're not trying to be someone you're, uh, they're not. Because imagine the amount of energy you put during the day if you're trying to be someone you're not uh so you're not being yourself and it shows in uh, there's some studies shows that people that are not uh, themselves at work like the productivity decreases by 40 percent. that's huge that because huge. instead of focusing on the work they're focusing on how they're showing up that's a great point i'd never realize that that's just how big of an energy cost can be associated productivity cost can be associated with kind of putting on the mask that your employers or your colleagues want to see on you and not being your authentic self. Pretty incredible. Yeah. And that's reminds you're right. It's so powerful. Just knowing this uh, the energy piece. Um, there's a book um, I really like called um, the power of full engagement. Uh, it's by Jim Loher and Tony Schwartz. And the book is not about introversion and extroversion, but it's about uh, energy. And I love the gist of the book, which is in the subtitle. <laughs> they say in the subtitle, it says, um, managing energy, not time, is the, um, is the key to high performance and personal renewal. So really managing your energy has a, a direct relation to how productive and efficient you are at work. Hmm. Which I, it, seems, it seems basic, it makes sense, but sometimes we, yeah, we don't focus on that. We totally miss it. Yeah, I, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah, I I think I found out that I was an introvert around the same time as you, Ferris, and I read a book called <laughs> um, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. Mm. Mm. And that just totally opened my eyes. And I wanted everybody who knew me to read it. I was like, Mom, you mm. have to read this book because it explains me perfectly. <laughs> and so that's amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's really eye-opening. Um, but kind of on that vein, how can knowledge of others' tendencies help mm -hmm. you as a manager or even as a direct report? Mm -hmm. uh, makes a huge difference understanding your team members and the people you work with. Uh, similar idea to understanding your partner in your personal life, um, understanding the strengths and weaknesses, traits, what makes them energize, what triggers them. It's, it's definitely important. And, and then you can focus, instead of focusing on the differences, you can focus on how we can complement each other to be more effective. Um, it's interesting that um, you asked this question. This morning I was uh, at a coffee shop and uh, I was sitting with this guy that I bump into him <laughs> all the time. We're regulars at this coffee shop and he's retired. He was a very successful business owner. And I was telling him that I'm, I'm doing this podcast today and I told him about the topic and all that stuff. And the conversation led to how important for him as a business owner to understand his uh, team and when he used to work. And he said it by himself that uh, they all did the Meyer Briggs back then. And he said that it was a game changer because now they know how each person works. And he gave an example. He said uh, he had two engineers, one an introvert, one an extrovert. He didn't maybe ask them, but he figured this out. So he said uh, the introvert uh, intentionally, uh, as his boss, I used to ask him questions uh, end of day. 
and say, I have this question, sleep on it and let me know tomorrow. So he was helping that guy to come with a better solution because uh, he gave him that time to reflect. And the other engineer, he used to ask him questions in the morning and wants uh, answers right away. So as you can see, I thought that's uh, interesting. And I told him I might use this <laughs> today. So what's interesting is, is that's just an example to show that you know how to deal with your team members to give them, give them time to, let's say in this case, reflect on the answer instead of giving an answer just for the sake of answering. And so that's one piece. Another one, you want to create a flourishing environment for them. So when you understand them, understand the different personalities, um, maybe then even the design of the office will be different. You'll have quiet rooms maybe uh, for people that want mm. some time alone to reflect or, or do work. Uh, and some companies, they do that, like LinkedIn, Shopify, uh, Amazon. Yeah, like the big ones. They understand uh, the personality types and they designed the office based on that. But I think that's taking it to extreme. But I mean, for day to day for smaller companies, just understanding that, uh, then they can capitalize on each other, um, strength and weaknesses. That's really interesting. And you made me think of um, social time at work and how knowing your the personality types of the people that you work with can really help you. So if you're working in a company where the majority of people are extroverts, having those social hours after work are probably really important to help them to recharge or to even incorporate it during the day, you know, team lunches and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if your team is more introverted, that might be something to think about. So mm -hmm. that's a great point. And that's usually um, one of the misunderstandings. Uh, what happens, introverts might say no to company outings and happy hour after work. And if uh, the company doesn't understand the personality types, they might think the introverts are being antisocial, shy, not a team member, and all that stuff. And that's where the friction starts. But knowing this, they understand, all right, it's uh, end of day, introverts probably they're depleted, they wanna go home and recharge. So now they view them differently. And that's probably how misconceptions get created because of that misunderstanding. And that's just an example of after hours, but it could be, um, like it, you, it, there's more to it. Uh, for example, if you want to get the best results out of your team and you create a brainstorming session and you want results or answers on the spot, you miss out on all the introverts in the room because you didn't give them enough time. So you only hear from them, maybe the two same people that they always talk, which are the extroverts. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but you're missing on the other, the other people. That makes so much sense. And could that also extend to something like just meeting duration? If you're in a large group for two, three, four hours, companies just love to go through these long agendas. And most people already don't really love doing that. But would introverts, do you think, be even more almost feel in some ways out of place and like their strengths aren't being utilized in that situation? Yeah, definitely. I was smiling when you said that because uh, actually when, the, when I made the decision that I need to leave the corporate world, I was in a meeting of one of these meetings. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, frustrating to be in those kind of meetings. And because now we're, and especially if there's a lot of them, we're not being utilized, like you said. But if a company understands the difference, then they could say um, to give equal or fair opportunity, they would take the ideas from, let's say, the extroverts and then say, 
for the rest of you, or even without pointing out, they could say, all right, we'll reconvene tomorrow and uh, please sleep on the ideas and come with, um, I don't know, with results or whatever you want to share tomorrow. So this gives an opportunity for everyone to share. So small twists like that can make a huge difference in meetings, productivity, how, um, the, meeting actu the actual meeting productivity and efficiency as well. You could, another thing I usually encourage clients or managers to share the agenda, agenda in details before the meeting, what's expected, what kind of information they need. So introverts can prepare and come prepared. And doing so, it's not you're giving introverts, like it's not doing them a favor, it's a win-win because they come prepared, which is good. And as a manager, you're getting what you need as well. So that's a win. Great point. Yeah. Love it. Do you have any other tips for using your natural introverted or extroverted tendencies to your advantage? Uh, sorry, what, what do you mean by that? Just any tips for people who want to make the most out of their personality type mm. at work? Mm -mm. Yeah, um, actually, if, if, so, yeah, if someone is interested in doing these assessment tools, there's free versions online. There's uh, one adapted from Meyer Briggs. I find it as effective and it's free. It's called 16 personalities, uh, 16personalities.com. And I find those helpful because they break the percentage type for you and they give you tips as well. Like uh, this is your percentage type. This is the kind of work that works better for you. Uh, these are the areas that you are better at, for example. And so, yeah, that's one way. Another way is to think about what are the strengths, like from your experience, reflect back. When did I do best? Why did I, uh, let's say, nailed that project what was it about it what skills did i use so reflecting on your your traits what comes up what do you feel you do better at and all that stuff um and just focus on them and take them to the next level i know there's a different school of thoughts about working on your weaknesses or on your strength i'm a big fan of putting most of the energy on the strength and take it to the next level because on the weaknesses, if you, even if you work your best, you're still never going to be like on the top or the best at that. Um, but I'm not saying ignoring the weaknesses. It's important to be aware of them and see if there's a need to work on them. And if there is, to spend some energy. But I'm a big fan of capitalizing on the strength. And I find it helpful to add to the percentage type. Um, I also like Strength Finder, the assessment tool. Mm. So combining both together, I find you'll see a pattern between your percentage type and your general strength, and then you can focus your energy on those. Awesome. Cool. Great plan. <laughs> I've heard you describe yourself with some other very distinct labels, and I won't give those away. I'd love to know a little bit more about, because we've talked about sort of how do we get a better understanding of ourselves, not necessarily just for the sake of having a label, but how have the, the ways that you've labeled yourself added value to your life? Great question. And you mentioned labeling. Uh, usually, like I'm not a fan of labeling. And I usually, uh, even when I give the assessment tool mm -hmm. to clients or talk about introversion, extroversion, I like highlight that it's not about putting labels on yourself and it's not about putting yourself in a box. The way I see it, it's a, a piece of information. You're knowing more about yourself uh, and rather than limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you know yourself, um, you know, self-awareness is important. And knowing yourself, I feel it's uh, the foundation to self-empowerment. Uh, 
Uh, you feel more confident the more you know yourself. So I don't see them as labels. I see them as maybe descriptions or yeah. of who I am. Um, so usually, I think you're referring maybe to my bio. I like I say I'm a feminist. I'm a minimalist. I'm an introvert. Um, um, uh, learner. I think those are the ones I have online, uh, and I find them. I embrace them. I love them because they're part of me and what I stand for. But in terms of the introvert piece, uh, embracing it, it's just a relief because there is a lot uh, of shame around introversion. Uh, there's because of the misconception. Many people, many introverts, and I've done focus groups in the past with really high-profile people in Vancouver and uh, very senior positions, and they said that they. Um, they hide their introversion from their teams because they think it's a weakness. Like they don't want to tell, because again, they misunderstand what it means. So for them, it's antisocial, shy, mm -hmm. all that stuff. So, so owning who you are, so let's say as an introvert, owning and claiming and embracing it, uh, it's, uh, I find it uh, liberating. And also, um, it links to the authenticity. Like I feel I'm authentic, I am uh, who I am. Like I'm not trying to be someone, I'm not an embracing, my default setting which is there's nothing wrong with it and i usually yeah. give an example of being right-handed or left-handed so if you're born let's say right-handed uh, you you don't want always to try to use the left hand because you feel the right hand is is wrong to use it and vice versa so just just uh, own and on your i guess in this case introversion i appreciate you first of all i appreciate you clarifying the idea that it's maybe a healthier way to look at it as a description and a more accurate picture of who you are as a person, as opposed to in my brain, the word label kept coming up and I was fighting myself. I'm like, that's not really how I want people to perceive this. And I think a lot of people do perceive they put those labels on and make assumptions and it holds them back. And clearly from what you just said, that ends up affecting how people show up in front of others and, and carry out their lives. So I think that's a cool discussion and it could probably be another podcast episode just around self-awareness and, and authenticity. So thank you yeah. for sharing all that. I just wanted to add pleasure. too that it's almost like the way that you were talking about it, it made me think of tags when you're doing search mm. engine optimization, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. it, it's something that people will search for. It's a way of attracting people. It's like a magnet having some of those mm. descriptors and words that people will associate with it's it will magnetize people to you love it love it yes and it depends also on your line of work so let's say in my case as a coach uh, could be even more beneficial because then i'm attracting the the prospect that relate to my uh, traits uh, as well and same with the corporate setting you just you, you attract your community that stand for the same things you stand for amazing we, um, we have some questions that we like to ask of all of our guests that come on the show. And so we are pretty careful to make sure that we, while we're taking our careers seriously, it's also important to have fun. What's the most fun you've had in your career? Yeah, uh, many fun uh, moments. Um, so even when I talk now, it seems I'm talking about the corporate world like it's a bad thing. I, of <laughs> course, had uh, great moments. And actually, the first maybe I don't know, eight years, I was having a blast and, and very um, fulfilled. So there were moments too. Um, so my favorite moments, <clears throat> probably, 
in the corporate world, uh, pitching campaign ideas to clients, um, and that and also succeed. Like it goes uh, live. Let's say I'm yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are great moments. The pitching piece, and um, in the coaching world now, the past seven years, doing the seminars, uh, talks. And in spreading this message of quiet leadership and quiet confidence, it's very it's fun for me, and uh, and coaching all that stuff uh, is fun. Cool. <laughs> so I, I guess uh, yeah, when you love what you do, everything is fun. Love that point. So true. What would you say is the biggest risk that you've taken so far in your career, and how did that turn out? Yeah, I guess it's this, uh, what I shared with you, um, leaving the corporate world, because mm -hmm. that was huge. Uh, 15 years of my life dedicated to marketing and uh, switching to coaching. Uh, and when I did it, I didn't have a plan. I just followed my gut feeling. So I said, okay, I'm quit. I'm quitting. I don't know what's going to come next. All I know, I want to become a coach. So, And also what happened when I did that uh, decision, uh, at that time I was living in Dubai. So I decided uh, with my wife that, uh, it's important to stay with my wife, so I don't seem, <laughs> I make my own decisions uh, to leave Dubai and come to Vancouver. So it was a huge uh, shift. I ch um, changed careers and countries as well. Um, and how, what's the outcome? Amazing. Uh, so listening to my heart and I know it sounds cliche, but uh, yeah, it was great. And big risk because there was no backup plan, never been to Vancouver, never been a coach. So it was a big risk. Appreciate you sharing that. A lot of people, we've had a number of coaches and entrepreneurs that have been on this show and they, while they have um, all kind of said the same thing around the idea that leaving their corporate life was and coming into the, their entrepreneurial life was the biggest risk, how everyone has gone about seeing and perceiving that risk, what kind of contingency there was. It's always a really unique and different. Everyone is completely different on that. And it's just cool because I, I think a lot of people feel as though like the risks that they're taking may be invalid in some ways. And I think it's important that we hear a lot of different people's perspectives. And so I, I just appreciate you sharing that. Cool. Yeah. So the last question that we have for you is what is the best piece of career advice that you have ever received? I, I want to say none, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> but seriously, uh, I never, from my experience, didn't get any advice that benefited me. And most of the advice I got earlier on was almost contradicts what I'm saying now. So it was about uh, not being yourself and to confirm, uh, conform, sorry, with others. And in other words, trying to be an expert or trying to be mm -hmm. the mainstream, I don't know, um, personality. Um, like I heard in the past from my um, like managers, uh, speak faster or talk more, all that stuff that are natural, uh, nat the traits of introverts and they're trying yeah, to tell me be an extrovert, uh, think on your feet and all that stuff, which I believe those traits, what made me maybe uh, successful in the corporate world uh, without them maybe seeing it. Um, so, so I haven't, yeah, I didn't have a good uh, advice. However, if I want to give an advice on career, I would say embrace who you are and, and be yourself and capitalize on your key default uh, settings and traits. 
Love that. And it's really, totally. it's a great perspective of advice that wasn't helpful. You're the first mm-hmm. guest that's given <laughs> yeah, us exactly. that. So yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. Default settings. I love that. I'm going to take, that's going to be a key takeaway for me. Default <laughs> settings. Yeah. Awesome. Because it's natural. It just come to us very naturally. And, and that's the uniqueness. So true. Hmm. All right, Ferris. So where can people find you? I wanted to say nowhere, but uh, not a joke. Uh, <laughs> everywhere, actually, believe it or not, everywhere. Uh, I know probably you noticed that I'm very active on social media and all my profiles are open. I, I see, like I connect with people everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and my website, which is my first and last name. Excellent. And we'll cool. include those in the show notes so that people can link to them. Thank you so much for sharing all of these amazing insights. I've learned a lot being perhaps the more extroverted half of the Career Builders podcast. This was a very educational experience for me and I'm sure for many of our especially more extroverted listeners and even those who are introverted and want to learn more about who they are and those default settings you've mentioned. Thank you. It was a pleasure uh, sharing that with you. We'll call that a week and a show with that. For the Career Builders podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. Our guest was Ferris Khalifa. He is everywhere go find them (laughs) and tap into those default settings we hope you're well stay safe and we hope you'll join us again soon bye for now